Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, Massive spending spree, massive government takeover of various parts of our culture and society. Keeps humming along without any objections from the media, without any serious analysis from the media. We have Joe Biden continues to sign executive orders. People say they're tired of talking about the monarchy in England. Well, let's start talking about the monarchy in the United States. Except when it comes to the Congress. Then we have something completely different. They're all excited, the Democrats. They have a 10-vote lead in the House majority, and they have no majority in the Senate. They have to rely on Kamala Harris. They have no mandate to do what they're doing. Not a single... Republican House member running for re-election lost. They lost over a dozen House Democrats. But it doesn't seem to matter. They were supposed to pick up a real majority in the Senate, and they failed. But they don't care. Because if they can grab the instrumentalities of power, if they can fix the system so the outcome's always the same, that's all that matters. And this crowd is as rogue as it gets. And Joe Biden is a despicable liar who lied his way into office, pretended he was a moderate. He's a chameleon. He'll be whatever he needs to be because he's always been power hungry. He's always had psychological issues other than the issues he's obviously confronting now. And all he cares about is himself and his legacy. His his family has made a fortune off of his so-called government service. 
Now, I looked at all the executive orders that have been signed so far, so let's start from two days ago and work our way backwards. Two executive orders. All students are to be guaranteed equality. Except, of course, for girls in high school. So he destroyed girls' sports. He sets up some kind of a gender commission that's going to look throughout the government to see ways in which we can have gender equity. I explained this to you the other day. Equity is not equality. Equity deals with outcomes. But even more than that, equity ensures that there will be discrimination. Because you can't have equality if the goal is equity and outcomes. He signed an executive order, February 24, reversing most of the president, prior president's, uh, Trump's regulations. He uh, reversed the Trump decision to uh, withhold funds from cities that wouldn't confront rioters, violent rioters. On February 24th, he revoked the Trump-era proclamation that limited legal immigration during COVID-19 to prevent people from coming here who had the virus, and now you see the outcome of that. He issued an executive order on February 17th opposing, listen to this, the administration Prior to his, the Trump administration issued an executive order creating an industry-led apprenticeship program, so he eliminated that. That program was directed particularly at minority communities in the cities. The unions opposed it, so he got rid of it. He issued on February 11th a sanctions executive order against the military junta in Burma. Or you can call it Myanmar if you prefer. I don't really care. But he hasn't done that in any other society where the military is in charge. He didn't do it to Venezuela. He didn't do it to Cuba. He didn't do it to Iran. Quite the contrary. He gave Iran a billion dollars. Are you aware of that? Through South Korea and other countries. To try and beg them to come to the table. He signed an executive order on February 4th expanding refugee admissions into the country. where Trump had wanted additional vetting. He directed relevant agencies on February 2nd to ensure that LGBTQI plus refugees and asylum seekers have equal access to protections. They are obsessed with genitalia and they're obsessed with what you do with your genitalia. We have uh, an executive order signed on February 4th excuse me, February 2nd, revokes President Trump's order justifying the separating of families. That is, in order to make a determination of whether these children actually belong to the adults who are bringing them across the border. Sign another executive order that day to look at the root causes of illegal immigration and what we can do in terms of spending money to address it. February 2nd, he signed another executive order rescinding the Trump administration's memo requiring immigrants to repay the government if they receive public benefits. 
You see, most of our history, when people came into this country, they were not allowed in this country if they were going to be on welfare. That's all changed, of course. Everybody needs to be on welfare. Uh, Let's see. January 28th. He expands Obamacare with an executive order. January 28th, he resents the I mean, Mexico City policy, which was a ban on the taxpayers funding abortions overseas. January 27, he elevates climate change as an essential element of U.S. foreign policy and national security. January 27. Excuse me, January 26, he orders the HUD to review the Trump administration's regulatory actions regarding housing. In other words, Donald Trump revoked, prevented HUD from nationalizing and devouring the suburbs into the cities. That has been reversed, the consequences of which will be felt soon enough. January 26, he directs the Attorney General not to re- new federal contracts for private prisons. And why? Oh, so we have more criminals out on the street, of course. Let's see here. Uh, January 25. Reinstates COVID-19 travel restrictions for individuals traveling to the United States from the United Kingdom, Ireland, South Africa. Now think about that. The borders are wide open, people coming across with COVID, and he shrugs. And he shrugs. January 25, he reverses the Trump administration's ban on transgender Americans joining the military. January 22nd, he restores, quote-unquote, collective power and worker protections for federal workers and lays the foundation for $15 minimum wage. Boy, we've come a long way. A long way when Franklin Roosevelt opposed the unionization of federal workers to this. Let's continue. Uh, well, it goes on and on and on. I don't have time to get on. But it's just, it just every one of these radical critical race theory, critical gender theory. All these things instituted by executive order. And then you can see on the congressional side the massive spending. The massive spending that is going to take place, which includes, just so you know, $1.5 million for the Great Lakes St. Lawrence Seaway development, $1.5 billion for Amtrak, $1 billion loan assistance to socially disadvantaged farmers, $7.6 billion for improved internet access. $19 million for the Institute for the Deaf. None of this has anything to do with any virus. $270 million for National Endowment for the Arts. National Endowment for the Humanities. $39 billion to increase child care block grants. $20 million to update the Affordable Care Exchange Technology computers. $5 billion for homeless assistance. $50 billion for FEMA. $4 billion to farmers for loan forgiveness and to help those denied loans. $4 billion to expand the child tax credit to $3,600. $73 billion to expand the earned income tax credit. $130 billion for K-12 schools on top of the $60 billion they already have. 
$40 billion for colleges for COVID and increased low-income student aid. Under the cover of this pandemic, you see what they're doing? $39 billion for child care providers. $35.5 billion for increased Affordable Care Act subsidies. $350 billion for state and local governments. $70 billion of that $350 billion go to California and New York. $880 million to expand the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Tens of billions for government manpower and oversight. Enough money is going into San Francisco, $650 million, $650 million, San Francisco, to their school system, where all their debt is made up, all their debt is made up for the next two years. Cuomo wanted $15 billion. He demanded $15 billion from Trump to make up his budget debt. This bill gives him $23.5 billion. $23.5 billion. Let me be a little bit more specific. Expanded unemployment benefits from the federal government. The federal government never paid unemployment benefits before. This is on top of the state benefits. The first 10200 jobless benefits accrued in 2020 would, would be non-taxable for households with incomes under 150000 so they're drawing in as much as the middle class into the welfare state as they possibly can. Why votes? That's why. Provides $1,400 for a single taxpayer, $2,800 for a married couple that files jointly, plus $1,400 per dependent. So a family of four, $5,600. Individuals earning up to $75,000 would get the full amount, as would married couples with incomes up to $150,000. Some of you are saying, hey, this isn't so bad, right? No, it's a disaster. Let's continue. I told you $350 billion to state and local governments, 60% of which goes to red states and cities, excuse me, to blue states and cities. Another $130 billion for the schools. And by the way, that can be spent up until and through 2028. So you know what that's about. $40 billion for colleges and universities. $40 billion. Some of these colleges and universities, Harvard has a $40 billion endowment. Endowment. A new program, new one, for restaurants and bars hurt by the pandemic would receive $28.6 billion. The grants provide up to $10 million per company with a limit of $5 million per physical location. And it can be used for payroll, rent, utilities, and so forth. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Three billion to states to help address mental health and substance use disorders. Fourteen billion for the Department of Veterans Affairs. This is just slamming up the budget, just just way over the top. Under current law, most taxpayers can reduce their federal income tax bill by up to two thousand per uh, per child, depending on their uh, situation. In a significant change, the bill would increase the tax break to 3000 for every child aged 6 to 17, 3600 for every child under the age of 6. And the payments will be delivered monthly instead of in a lump sum. Families would get the full credit regardless of how little they make in a year, leading to criticism that changes would serve as a disincentive to work. 
Add in the $1,400 checks and other items in the proposal, and the legislation would reduce the number of children living in poverty, according to the Center on Poverty and Social Policy at Columbia University. Leftists. Massive spending. Just massive. And no way to pay for it. Next will come this massive tax increase, and they'll pretend that pays for it. $30 billion to help low-income households. $10 billion for homeowners struggling with mortgages. I'll be right back. Lovin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Now, you recall I keep saying again and again and again what the Democrat Party is doing is taking care of its base and empowering its base, moving money to its base, changing our laws to protect its base. Now, big labor unions, and I'm not saying union members. I think a lot of union members are quite disgusted with what their union leadership's doing, but they can't do a lot about it. A lot of them are immune, and they're, they're difficult to remove. But the House just passed a bill that would greatly empower these unions against workers who do not want to join the unions, workers who are already members of the unions, businesses small and large, uh, and basically uh, attack the freedom and the, uh, and the competition that comes with labor. And the House just passed this bill, again, on partisan lines. And so that's what the Democrats are doing. Open borders, unions. Now they're getting ready to pass a big gun confiscation bill. They're pushing their HR1, the permanent Democrat Party in control of government bill. We're under attack here. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, 
commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto? Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Is that a copy of the Constitution you've got? Or are you just happy to see? Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. All right, I, I cannot allow the lies about this vaccine to go on without confronting them. And I want to start with what Joe Biden had to say today about vaccinating Americans. It's the only way to beat the pandemic. Doesn't that sound like a former president to you folks? Cut to go. The father says he no longer fears for his daughter when she leaves to go to work at the hospital. The children are now able to hug their grandparents. The vaccines bring hope and healing in so many ways. Again, a vaccinated American is the only way to beat the pandemic, get our economy back on track, and for us to get back our lives and our loved ones. You know, that's why the American Rescue Plan was so critical. The American Rescue Plan has nothing to do with it. The three vaccines exist be- and now in record time because of Operation Warp Speed because of Donald Trump's leadership. And all along the way he was attacked, including in the final presidential debate on October 22nd. And Biden and his party and Kamala Harris and the others were endlessly trying to undermine the effort to get these vaccines developed, trying to explain to the American people with their own propaganda that this was not going to happen. And this during the debate the final debate. Cut three, go. Your reaction and just 40% of Americans say they would definitely agree to take a coronavirus vaccine if it was approved by the government. What steps would you take to give Americans confidence in a vaccine if it were approved? Make sure it's totally transparent. Have the scientists of the world see it, know it, look at it, go through all the process. Now let's stop right there. That's the only way it works, folks. There's a whole process at the FDA and it's a very difficult process. And the scientists have to look at it. The experts look at it. You can't have a vaccine that's made publicly available unless it goes through several layers of review by the Food and Drug Administration. Go ahead. This is the same fellow who told you this is going to end by Easter last time. This is the same fellow who told you that, don't worry, we're going to end this by the summer. We're about to go into a dark winter, a dark winter. And he has no clear plan, and there's no prospect that there's going to be a vaccine available for the majority of the American people before the middle of next year. Mm-hmm. The fastest ever. Well, I remember this, and I remember trying to confront this, what Biden and the propagandists in the Democrat Party were doing. And I was on Hannity on September 10th, 2020. And those of you who care may recall, I, I held up A piece of paper. Right before I came on the show, I just wrote it down. It said, vaccine. Because Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the Democrat Party and the media were downplaying the prospects of any vaccines. 
And they were saying Trump was hyping this for political purposes. Now Joe Biden runs to the front of the parade, and he's telling you that everyone's going to be vaccinated thanks to him. He wouldn't have anything to distribute but for the fact that Donald Trump was president before him. So let's go back to September 2020. Cut 21. Go. Well, here's the word that scares the hell out of Democrats and the media. It's called vaccine. And here's the thing. The president of the United States and his administration are close to getting a vaccine. So they bring out Dr. Kamala Harris and she says, I'm not taking the vaccine. I could give a damn if she takes the vaccine or not. Uh, They don't want a vaccine before the election. I want you to think about that. They're the ones that don't mind if people die. What if we have a vaccine before the election? Is the president supposed to put his foot on the brake and stop progress on a vaccine? And then you have Woodward. Oh, Woodward wrote something. Like, I give a damn what Woodward wrote. Like, it's the Bible. Woodward and Bernstein, the saccharine vanity of journalism. First of all, I want the media to understand something. There's two candidates running. You might want to actually ask the other candidate, Joe Biden, a few questions every now and then. There are two candidates running. We have six books in the last few months on Trump, on Mrs. Trump, everything you ever want to know about the Trumps, the disgruntled people, the former employees, on and on and on. How many books do we have about Biden other than Don Jr.? Nothing. Now, the guy's been in government half a century. He's had employees. He's had staff. He's been a screw-up. He's been a bigot. He's been all kinds of things. Women accuse him of all kinds of stuff. Where are the books? There are no books. Now, where is his plan for addressing the virus? I've looked. I've looked. Here's a man that was in charge of the 2009 swine flu. How'd that go? Disaster, beginning to end. Who says? His former chief of staff. So where's the Biden plan, Mr. Expert on the virus? February, nothing. March, nothing. April, nothing. May, nothing. June, nothing. July, August, now, nothing. Guy walks around like he's in the desert with a mask on. I'm going, what's wrong with this guy? And by the way, he walks in circles. What's his vaccine plan? Has no plan. They have a 110-page communist manifesto. No vaccine plan. Plan for opening the economy. Tax the hell out of America. That's how he intends to open the economy. Plan for creating jobs. Tax the hell out of workers in the country. That's a great plan. Plan for opening schools. No, close the schools. Don't open the schools. These are the Biden positions. Now, let's talk about Operation, not Operation Warped. That would be Biden. Let's talk about Operation Warp Speed. A vaccine, maybe several, in less than a year. That is unheard of. That is miraculous. So what do the Democrats say? Oh, that's too fast. It must be political. Insane. The president's already contracted for manufacturing syringes because he's a businessman. He's two steps ahead. He's already contracted for distribution. They're going to have a vaccine, maybe two. They're going to have manufacturing syringes. They're going to have distribution while the Democrats are sitting back shooting spitballs. He got ventilators. He got respirators. He got hospital beds. He got PPEs. He's got testing galore like we've never had before. What the hell else is a president supposed to do? And where were the Democrats, Biden and Harris? Where was Cuomo and Murphy and all the rest? Nowhere. The Democrat media wants you to panic. President doesn't want the people to panic. I said this the other day on the radio. It's kind of gone out there. Even without the panicking, what happened? You couldn't get toilet paper. That should make liberals very upset. Couldn't get toilet paper. You couldn't get paper towels. You couldn't get bottled water. You couldn't get hand sanitizer. President's saying, I don't want to panic the people. That doesn't mean he's not breaking his back to get something done. 
They say, oh, the president killed people. Are these people nuts? The president has saved people. That's why he's trying to get a vaccine. That word, vaccine. That's September 10th. History is important, ladies and gentlemen. And what we're getting now from Biden and the media is propaganda. Biden was downplaying it. Biden was trying to undermine the president. He was trying to undermine all of those working studiously, earnestly, over time, 24-7 to get vaccines. And, of course, these two companies, Moderna and Pfizer, waited literally a few days until after the election to announce that they had vaccines. And Joe Biden's trying to exploit this. And the Democrat Party's trying to exploit this. They had nothing to do with this. Instead, it's exactly as I said way back in September, two months before the election. Now, I'm hoping this part covers something to do with the vaccine. I haven't played it in advance, but we're going to play this also from my appearance on Hannity, September 10th, 2020. Cut 22. Go. Let's talk about downplaying and misleading and lying. The issue of downplaying, misleading and lying. I watched this schmo, John Carl from ABC News. What a disgrace. Nobody, uh, they ever treat Obama with such disrespect? No way. Well, let me ask John Carl and the other gaggle a question. For months, the Democrats and the media called violence, looting, burning, and killing mostly peaceful. Tell me, was that misleading? Was that a lie, John Carl? Let me ask you. For years, Obama and Biden refused to call Islamic terrorism Islamic terrorism. Was that misleading? Was that a lie? Yes, I'd say it was. For years, Obama and Biden lied about Obamacare. Gee, was that misleading? Was that a lie, John Carl? I think it was. They lied about the Iran deal. Lied. They lied about Russia collusion each and every day with the help of the media. Let me ask you something, John Carl. Why did you lie? And why did all of you lie about Russia collusion? But you did. More questions. Today, the Democrats downplay the anti-Semites in their party, of which there's a growing number. Why do they lie about that? Why do they mislead the American people about that? Today, they downplay and lie about chaos with the mail-in voting. Now, we know there's going to be chaos. We see it in cities and states. Why do they downplay that? Why do they lie? And they lied about Biden's mental health. Everybody knows Biden's not well. That's why they're typing in the answers. When you, could, you, could you raise the uh, teleprompter, please? And now they lie about the president killing people. They actually talk about the president killing people. The president is saving people. The president did all this without the help of a single Congressional Democrat without the help of Joe Biden, without the rest of them. And apparently, Joe, uh, the President of the United States up there, lying to the American people. What a cabal! That means Fauci's lying, Burks is lying, the task force is lying, the FDA is lying, the CDA is lying. What a bunch of black helicopter knock jobs in the Biden campaign and the media we have today. Anybody who gives a damn what Bob Woodward wrote, raise your hand. Exactly. Nobody cares. I'm playing that, I'm live now, I'm playing that to remind you of what was taking place. Of what was taking place. All the distractions, all the diversions, the collusion between the media, the Bob Woodward types and many, many others. The narrative that was going out there that there wouldn't be vaccines and if there are, they wouldn't be safe because he's cutting corners. And now, Joe Biden stands there 
like a mannequin dummy and talks about how he's going to make sure that all Americans are taken care of, maybe even by the end of May. And there's enough suckers out there who are going to believe it because the media pushed their narrative. And it spreads like poison and cancer throughout the society. It would be as if Jonas Salk came up with a cure to polio. But then he stepped away and the, somebody replaced Jonas Salk. And although they didn't find the cure, they were there when the, when the cure was distributed. And then he trashed this replacement, Jonas Salk. He trashed Jonas Salk. Jonas Salk didn't act quickly enough. Jonas Salk didn't have a distribution plan. Jonas Salk didn't create enough of what would become the vaccine for polio. That's what's going on here. That's what's going on here. And it truly is appalling how this is uh, playing out. And it's disgusting, actually. President Trump today said, I hope everyone remembers when they're getting the COVID-19 vaccine that if I wasn't president, you wouldn't be getting that beautiful shot for five years at best and probably wouldn't be getting it at all. I hope everyone remembers, he says. People who are honest people who are objective, people who aren't in the tank, for the tyrants out there in the media, in the White House, and Congress, and so forth, they know who was responsible for getting this done. And I've got a lot more audio of Joe Biden, and I'll play it over the days and weeks ahead, where he dismissed this whole idea of a vaccine. It was Trump who said And we can wear masks and we can distance and these governors can shut down the government, but that's not going to fix a damn thing. They talk about now Pasaki and and Biden, we're at war. Trump used that phrase over and over and over again. We're in a war. We're in a war. Not only do I despise these leftists, Biden and the rest of them, what they're doing to this country. I despise how they lie like the best of dictators. And I despise the corrupt media in this country that serve as scribes for these corrupt, phony politicians. Our media is no more independent from centralized big government than any media that states control throughout the third world and the rest of the planet. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, 
commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. You know, all those people rushing the border are going to be met at uh, reception centers and processed through within 72 hours. The reason we have a problem on the border, said the spokes idiot for the idiot, was they're trying to fix all the problems that Donald Trump created on the border. These are psychopaths. You know that? Absolute psychopaths. Experts in propaganda. And also, they have an entire propaganda campaign ready where cabinet secretaries, sub-cabinet secretaries, surrogates in and out of the media are now going to span out throughout the country once this bill is signed, this $2 trillion disastrous socialist pork-filled bill, so that Joe Biden gets credit for spending all of your money. And then the vaccines. So America is much good to look forward to. All kinds of money raining on their heads and the vaccine. Now let me ask you something. He had nothing to do with the vaccine. And spending money, you could be as dumb as a door and spend money. And if you did this in your own household, you would go bankrupt. So he's celebrating the bankrupting of America and celebrating something he wasn't even responsible for. Otherwise, he wouldn't need to send out all his surrogates, all his surrogates to be propagandists on his behalf. So now this is really about Joe Biden and the Democrat Party and nothing else. And just remember, when you get that vaccine, and some of you did, that vaccine wasn't developed under Joe Biden. Period. What's being developed under Joe Biden is an immigration crisis, an economic crisis, and soon to be a national security crisis with communist China and, uh, and others, including in the Middle East. When is Don Jr. on in this coming hour, Mr. Producer? All right, you will be hearing from uh, Donald Trump Jr. this coming hour after the break. And uh, I'm telling you right now, you people who are getting a vaccine, what Joe Biden wants you to think is that's the Joe Biden vaccine. Actually, if you have a hemorrhoid or an inner thigh rash, that's the Joe Biden hemorrhoid and inner thigh rash. That's pretty much it. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Donald Trump Jr. will be here in about 15 minutes, give or take. Let us continue where I left off, shall we? I think we shall. 
Anthony Fauci was on CNN today being interviewed by a guy that I don't particularly think is too intelligent, but he came off like a shining, brilliant genius compared to Fauci. Why am I doing Fauci? Anyway, I want you to listen to this. Hat tip to our friends at Rumble. We hat tip Parlor. We hat tip Rumble. Have you been to Rumble yet? That's where I am now. At Mark Levin Show. Go to Rumble. At Mark Levin Show. Go to Parlor. At Mark Levin Show. Do we still have over 5 million followers here, Mr. Producer? And when we post something, we get like four or 500,000 people reading it, some commenting on it, correct? So there's enormous activity going on on Parlor. If you can, you know, have the patience to get through the process. Once you're in, you're in. And uh, we want to salute them. It's very, very important to have these entrepreneurs competing against these, uh, these uh, leftist monopolies who are stealing your data. Anyway, here is uh, John Berman and Fauci. I don't just play clips to fill time, and I don't take calls to fill time. As a matter of fact, all right, I'll tell you the truth. If I didn't have to play clips, I wouldn't. But it makes more sense to hear from them than me to say what they're saying. And callers, you know, sometimes we'll hit, and it'll be great. Sometimes we'll hit, and boy, the show has collapsed. I can't control that. Even Mr. Call Screener can't control that, because people do things they say they're not going to do. But here we are. Cut nine, go. We, uh, we know from the Biden administration that they say it will make its decisions based on science. About opening schools. Go ahead. Science behind not saying it's safe for people who have been vaccinated, receive two doses. All right, let me, let me start over. I misstated this. This is the issue of travel, actually. Travel, because Biden's saying, you know, you really shouldn't travel, travel. Uh, they're, they're talking out of both sides of their mouths. You want to know why? They're not following the science. They had nothing to do with the vaccine. They're, they're just kind of bouncing around. Things are happening as a result of what was started in the Trump administration. They're on, they're on a ride, basically. So let's start over. Cut nine, go. We, uh, we know from the Biden administration that they say it will make its decisions based on science. What's the science? behind not saying it's safe for people who have been vaccinated, receive two doses to travel? You know, that's a very good question, John. And, and the CDC is carefully heading in that direction. Uh, you know, when we when when Dr. Walensky made the announcement a day or two ago about the fact that when you have a couple of people, two or three or more people in a family setting, both of whom are vaccinated, even if it's someone from another, a friend that doesn't have to be a member of the family, That was the first in a multi-step process that they are going to be rolling out. They're being careful, understandably. They want to get science. They want to get data. And then when you don't have the data and you don't have the actual evidence, then you've got to make a judgment call. And I think that's what you're going to be seeing in the next weeks. You know, I was the first or among the first to really start calling this guy out. That an open mind. We did an interview back in March. Then as time went on, it was obvious to me that this guy was more political and shooting from his hip. That answer is incomprehensible. Because it's incoherent. Because he's trying to protect and explain and defend that which can't be protected, explained, and defended. On the one hand, they tell you, aren't we great? We know how to distribute the vaccine. But they don't. Then they say the vaccine's the answer. 
then when people actually get vaccinated, it's no longer the answer. The answer is this, ladies and gentlemen. We have politicians and bureaucrats who do not want to release their power. They don't want to give up the power that they seized over the last year. Biden clearly doesn't want to give up the power. You can see he's power hungry. The Democrats, these governors, they don't want to give up the power. They reluctantly are opening things because people are pressuring them now. And Fauci doesn't want to give up the power either. What would we really do if everybody was vaccinated and this virus was in fact, as Donald Trump wanted it to be, killed? He wouldn't be on TV anymore. I know this sounds cynical, but I'm not the cynical one. They are. They are invested in emergencies. They are invested in power grabbing. They are invested in their own egomaniacal pronouncements. They want you to think you have to rely on them and not yourselves in order to get through this. And here's the simple point. The government didn't create these vaccines. What Donald Trump did is he, he spoke to and harnessed the private sector and moved the government out of the way, for the most part. And he faced hostile Democrats and hostile media and hostile bureaucrats like Fauci. This was done in spite of Joe Biden and the Democrats. This was done in spite of Fauci and the bureaucrats. You get vaccinated, there's absolutely no reason why you can't travel. There's no scientific reason at all. There's no serious scientist in the United States who would say once you're vaccinated, you can't travel. What's the point of a vaccination? What's the point of the whole thing? It's preposterous. Even the lame brain Republican governor of Maryland has basically opened up his state with a few exceptions. Why did he do that? He's basically a liberal Democrat. Why did he do that? Because the science does not support closing down almost anything anymore. Less than 1,000 people died yesterday. They say as a result of the virus. I've already talked at length over the many, many months about this definition. But even if you embrace that. Less and less is the virus a danger. Less and less. We're coming out of this now. And people are trying to take credit for it. And yet they're still reluctant to let go. Fauci's reluctant to let go. When you look how, the, how Joe Biden has conducted himself, he's been a complete disgrace. He sided with the teachers' unions against the science. He sided with the illegal immigration front group movement instead of securing the border, keeping it secure, and dealing with ensuring that the American people don't see this thing spreading again. So it's hugely problematic. I'll be right back. in. Oh. 
Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Donald Trump Jr., how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How about you, buddy? I've been better. You know, it's hard to watch the country being burned down. Let me ask you a few questions, my friend. You see this guy's issuing executive orders like you hand out lollipops. He, uh, he's taking credit for all the work that was done during the Trump administration on these vaccines while he's denigrating what was done before him. Uh, you can see the Democrats in Congress, the most massive spending bill in American history, raining money down on everyone and everything, expanding the welfare state. Uh, They have guns in their sights uh, next. Uh, They have uh, voted on a bill in the House that massively expands the power of labor bosses. You go down this one step at a time. The Democrat Party seems to exist, Donald Trump Jr., for the Democrat Party to feed its base, to redistribute wealth to the Democrat Party base, without a care about the country. What is your take on this? Uh, honestly, Mark, it doesn't even feel like they care about the base. They're taking care of the teachers' union, not necessarily just base Democrat voters, but the teachers' union. That's a big driver of supposed science these days. It's what they want. That That is their definition of science. What's going on is incredible. I mean, you know, I, I remember them screaming to the high heavens that Donald Trump was a dictator, but Donald Trump didn't do, what, 50 executive orders? How are, uh, it, certainly not in the first 45 days. Uh, what's going on is disgraceful. They're more concerned about making sure illegals get into the country, and even if they have COVID, it doesn't matter. We'll stick them on a bus. Maybe they'll wear a mask. That'll be wonderful. Uh, Illegals have more freedoms in this country than actual Americans, and that seems to be just fine with the Democrats. You see this Democrat pork bill. It's the, literally the, the leftist dream list of how to fund uh, their base, their special interests. Only a tiny fraction of the money actually goes for quote-unquote relief uh, to the American people who actually need it, but you know they'll get away with it. And the media is happy to say that this is a great thing for the American people when we're mortgaging our children's futures to the brink. Uh, it's really sad to see what's going on, Mark. And, you know, I, we, we spoke about this last time. I, you know, when I wrote Liberal Privilege, it was about all of these things. And literally everything that I wrote in the book is coming true. That means people like myself, people like yourself, we knew that this was coming. We knew what they were going to do. The media lied to us and said that this wouldn't happen because they wanted to make Joe Biden a moderate instead of a radical. Joe Biden doesn't know where he is. He hasn't known where he is for quite some time. But 
but the radicals that are in charge of the Democrat Party are sticking orders in front of him to sign, and he's doing so blissfully while totally oblivious to what's going on around him or where he even is most of the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, some people try to give him a pass and say other people are doing it. I don't really care who's doing it. The fact is it's being done on his watch. And I am convinced he wants the most radical agenda in American history. I'd be interested in your take on this. So he can be viewed as bigger than FDR and LBJ and Obama. He's just one Democrat thing. It's not even Democrat. One neo-Marxist thing after another. What is your take on that? Yeah, honestly, uh, Mark, I, I wish I could agree with you. Someone in the administration wants that to be his record. I don't know if it's him. You know, I, you, you've seen him. He's flip flopped on everything in his career. He is whatever he needs to be to get elected, and then he does whatever is around him. Uh, someone in the administration is definitely trying to be, you know, left of Mao. Uh, I don't know hmm. that it's him. Again, you, you watch the press conference to, yeah, yesterday, the day before. He couldn't remember his own Secretary of Defense. Uh, you know, you, you, I mean, think about that. You can't remember your Secretary of Defense. It's Lloyd Austin. I've never even heard of the guy before. <laughs> he worked under Obama for three or four years as head of CENTCOM. So this is someone that had a you know, four-year track record with Joe Biden when he was vice president. You appoint him to be... A, you know, he's a four-star general, and you appoint him to be your second def, and you can't remember the guy's name, and you then you can't remember where he works. Uh, he does the thing with the, you know, the thing. I mean, mm-hmm. this is not someone that I think has all of his faculties there. It's actually sad at this point. Like, uh, I'm, I'm upset about it because I'm upset. But, but let me just say this to you. Scary, right, I'm, concerned, I'm concerned that if we give him a pass, there's nobody to hold accountable. You know, we can say the staff. We don't know who on the staff. But the fact is, as Harry Truman said, the buck stops with him. And he knows enough to know if he wants to sign something or not. And he signs it. But in any event, where are they taking this country, Don Jr.? They seem to be very hostile to the private sector, very hostile to uh, American citizenry, what's going on on the border, very hostile to the Bill of Rights, including the First and Second Amendments. Where, Where are we going here? Well, you know, like so many of these leftist organizations, they seem to be taking the China model. Uh, you know, it's totalitarian. It's their rules or no rules. Uh, they have free speech, but you don't. Uh, conservatives get canceled for things that liberals would get a total pass on. Uh, you know, it's hypocrisy. I mean, like I said, it's liberal privilege. I wrote the book because I saw what was coming. I knew what they were going to do. They say it. Each and every day, but then they lie to you, and they pretend, no, 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 it's not going to be that way. When I look at what's going on at the border, they say, it's because of the draconian measures of the prior administration. No, no, no. When you say you're going to give everyone free health care and free education, and you say there's no open border, that's what causes a mass rush to the border. There are bad people that will take advantage of that. These people are they're not so naive. They know that. They just don't care. Uh, you, you see what happens to the criminal aliens that are released back into society rather than prosecuted. American citizens who pay taxes, who were born here, who they don't get the same leeway that illegal immigrants that are law lawbreakers. Uh, you see the thing that they want to release the people with assault because we don't want to deport. Why would we want to keep someone in this country? When we're already, you know, stacked, our, our education and our health care systems are overwhelmed, we want to keep people here convicted of assault, not accused, okay? They've gone through due process. They've been convicted of assault. We're, we're going to keep them. They're wonderful people. I mean, 
what is going on with this Democrat Party? Again, they are much more concerned about criminals than they are about law-abiding citizens. They're much more concerned about illegals than they are Americans. And they're doing whatever they can to incentivize as many of those people coming here. Now, remember, Mark, you, you have to follow the science. We've been in a lockdown for a year, but they don't follow the science at the border, right? This, the border, the cages, as you know, they call them child, you know, uh, holding areas, whatever the hell they call them. You know, it's the cages, right? Nothing changed from before. Right. They can be at 100% capacity with children but your school can't be open. Uh, if you have COVID, you will be released and you'll be told to follow some basic guidelines, not on lockdown, not on quarantine, uh, you're not being monitored. I know we're from the People's Republic of New York. All my friends, they're getting called 15 times a day from the state, wondering where they are, how they're going, are they quarantining properly? We're living in a police state. Unless you're a legal immigrant, then you have free reign to do whatever you want. It's disgusting. And yet uh, Joe Biden... And his campaign covered all this up, didn't they? They, they? they never gave a hint to the American people that they were going to do these things, although that communist manifesto they put out was pretty thorough. But they never referred to it. The media never went through it. Your father referred to it repeatedly. We did here as well. But for the American people, they were utterly unaware of this. So they really did a head fake, didn't they? Well, without question. But, but again, guys like yourself... We spoke about it. No one wanted to listen because there were so many voices saying, no, no, no. They're what, what was the big one? No, no, Joe Biden's not against fracking. Lunch bucket Joe. Mark, Mark Joe Biden's not going to eliminate your fracking job. So all of these yeah. union laborers yeah. that are working on these pipelines, oh, great. We'll spend our union dues to reelect Joe Biden, who's done nothing for labor in his entire mm-hmm. history. And, and guess what? That money went to go elect someone who end up canceling their jobs on day one. Think about it. But. But we have him on tape saying it 30 times mm-hmm. in, in the debates. Uh, he said it, and then they pretended like it wasn't really real. I mean, it never ends. The cover-up from a complicit mainstream media who will do whatever they can to protect the Democrats, not by telling the truth, but by telling the American public what they think the American public wants to hear to reelect more Democrats. Once they get in office, they can do whatever they want, uh, and they have total cover. Uh, The cancel culture is run amok. Every day I read about a new cartoon character that I grew up with uh, that's canceled. Yeah, amazing. They'll cancel Pepe Le Pew, but they're not going to cancel Andrew Cuomo, who's now been accused of six, you know, groping six women, one uh, recently in the governor's mansion. Yeah. You know, that's okay. He can send your grandmother to a nursing home to die and not put them on the hospital ship Mercy, who was sitting vacant in New York Harbor, because that would give Donald Trump a win. But then his lobbyists from the nursing home industry and millions and millions of dollars for him to do this. He can then cover it up from the DOJ and from you know other you know the federal government side of things. I, I have to take it's a like break. Are you story. able to, Are you able to hold on for a few minutes after the break? I have a question to ask you. Sure. And the question is this: You're very good, particularly on the stump. Very concise, very effective, very substantive. Do you think at some point? You might actually run for office. That's my question. We'll be right back. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now. 877-381-3811. So I'm not trying to be provocative. Don, I'm just I'm just serious about this. I'm not asking you if you are going to. Is this something you've thought about? You get out there. The people that you talk to really do enjoy listening to you. And uh, 
you're very substantive, you're very sharp, you're solidly conservative. I mean, is this something that might interest you in the future, a governor, a senator, even bigger? Uh, you know, listen, it, it's certainly fascinating to me. I, I, I love the process. I actually like the part that most people don't actually have the stomach for, which is the fight. You know, like understanding that as a conservative, uh, it's not a level playing field. You're going to get hit in the press. You're going to get slandered. You're going to get name called. You're going to throw everything in the book at you. Uh, and, and you don't get the pass that you do on the other side, as we witnessed over the last few months and certainly over the last couple of weeks with, you know, the Cuomo example. So, you know, I, I'd never rule it out. Right now, uh, I'm going to stay very vocal. I mean, I, I am a guy that's willing to get in the scrum. I'm willing to get in the fight. I'm willing to take some of the topics uh, that are so ridiculous, you know, and I talk about them and I do, I mean, I probably do three videos a day on my Facebook page, mm-hmm. just literally tacking the issues, whether it's cancel culture, whether it's going to be anti-Second Amendment, whatever they may be, you know, of the day. And I guess the one thing I have is that willingness to sort of get in the fight at a level that so many conservatives are afraid to get in the fight. They're afraid of the controversy, you know, real or fake. I mean, most of it's faux outrage. It's not real outrage, but uh, it's outrage nonetheless. And so I sort of like that aspect of it. I got to want to make sure that I'd want the day job because, the, you know, that is a big part of it. But, uh, you know, the hard part and the thing that scares away most people, that sort of public face, that getting out there and in the fight, uh, I sort of love it. And one way or the other, I'm going to stay involved. If I do it myself, eventually, maybe. Right now, I almost feel like I can actually do a lot more for the cause, uh, for conservatism, for the MAGA movement, uh, by, you know, sort of picking 20 people each cycle, helping them raise money, uh, getting out there, you know, stumping with them, creating awareness, help, helping them overcome some of the boundaries and the, the obstacles that they're going to have to surmount, uh, you know, in, in a biased media uh, to make sure that the, you know, the voters see what their talents are and what they'll be willing to do. So I'm going to stay very involved. I'm going to stay vocal, you know, so uh, it, it's, it's definitely fascinating. I just haven't gotten there in terms of actually running. And by the way, I think you've been vetted a thousand times over. So whatever well, there is, nice. there isn't that's much. That's what's really nice. At this yeah. point, I mean, they've tried canceling me so many times, and with the Russia hoax and all of the nonsense, I sort of feel like, you know, I can't think of anything else, but, you know, they always come up with something. But, like, if, mm-hmm. if they haven't found uh, the hit piece on me, it doesn't exist uh, at this point. So, I mean, that probably scares the hell out of them because they tried, you know, God knows they tried saying I committed treason. Uh, so so if, if that's the best they've got and they have seen nothing, and I'm sure they would run with it, uh, I'm pretty clear, which is kind of nice. Uh, it gives me a lot of leeway to go after some of them who uh, have plenty of skeletons in their closets. Now that's right. Well, I appreciate it, my friend. You take care of yourself. It's always good to see you, by the way. Likewise, likewise. Great to be back on, and please give my best to Julie. I will. All right, God bless you. He is a good guy. A really, really good guy. Or right, we have a breaking story. The Times Union, I assume that's the Albany Times Union. There it is. That means it's very, very important. And in this case, it actually is very, very important. Albany, New York, ladies and gentlemen. A female aide to Governor Andrew M. Cuomo alleges he aggressively groped her in a sexually charged manner after she'd been summoned to the governor's mansion late last year, according to a person with direct knowledge of the woman's claims. The staff member, whose identity is being withheld by the Times Union, had been called to the mansion under the apparent pretext of having her assist the governor with a minor technical issue involving his mobile phone. They were alone in Cuomo's private residence on the second floor of the mansion, 
when he closed the door and allegedly reached under her blouse and began to fondle her, according to the source. The person who's not authorized to come and publicly said the woman, who's much younger than Cuomo, told the governor to stop. Her broader allegations include that he frequently engaged in flirtatious behavior with her and that it was not the only time that he had touched her. The woman's story was revealed within the governor's executive chamber on March 3rd. A staff member has watched his first news conference in the week since Lindsay Boland published an online essay detailing her own allegations against Cuomo. In the news conference, the governor denied ever touching any woman, quote-unquote, inappropriately. Hearing those remarks, the female aide became emotional. At least one female supervisor came to her aid and asked her why she was upset. The female aide subsequently told the supervisor what she said had been inappropriate encounters with Cuomo, the source said. In response to the Times Union's questions about the allegations, Cuomo, tonight, issued a statement to the newspaper, quote, as I said yesterday, I've never done anything like this. The details of this report are gut-wrenching. I am not going to speak to the specifics. Hold on, there's a lot here. Or any other allegation, given the ongoing review, but I am confident in the result of the Attorney General's report. The woman's allegation, first reported Tuesday by the Times Union, are the most egregious claims the governor has faced, as multiple women have come forward since December and accused him of sexual harassment and inappropriate behavior. In the most recent case, at least one of the women's supervisors reported the allegations to an attorney in the governor's office on Monday. On Tuesday afternoon, several hours after Cuomo's office had been asked about the matter by the Times Union, the governor said, I am not aware of any other claim when it was asked by a reporter about the news story, which by then had been published online. That story included a statement from his acting counsel, Beth Garvey, who said that all allegations of sexual harassment made against the governor were being referred to the state attorney general's office. As I said last week, this is very simple. I never touched anyone inappropriately, the governor said Tuesday. I never made any inappropriate advances, and no one ever told me at the time that I made them feel uncomfortable. Obviously, there are people who said after the fact they felt uncomfortable. Now, the woman has not filed a formal complaint with the governor's office. State Attorney General Letitia James's office, who would love to be, by the way, the governor, is investigating multiple harassment allegations against Cuomo on the basis of a referral letter that Garvey, his counsel, requested in a March 1 letter. This week, James announced the investigation will be handled by two private attorneys. Aides to the governor on Tuesday said the governor stands by his statements, and he never touched anyone inappropriately. They would not explain the governor's statement that he was unaware of the latest allegation against him. Now, this latest allegation by the woman who reported that she had been groped by Cuomo at the governor's mansion have escalated the severity of the accusations. The conduct she has described could potentially be pursued as a misdemeanor sexual assault charge. Remember that. A misdemeanor sexual assault charge. On Wednesday morning, the Attorney General's office declined to comment in response to detailed questions about that office and how, how it was going to move, which does not have statutory jurisdiction on any criminal component of the case. Garvey's March 1 letter to the Attorney General invoked a section of executive law that empowers the Attorney General's office to conduct a civil investigation with the aid of office subpoenas, but not to pursue a criminal case or to bring the allegations before a grand jury. So what's the point? 
If the attorney general can't bring charges, what's the issue? I mean, how, how, somebody else needs to be investigating this. Who can? If a criminal complaint is made by Boland or the female aide who alleges he groped her at the mansion, those cases could potentially be handled by the offices of Albany County District Attorney David Soros or Manhattan District Attorney Cy Vance. Cy Vance is busy. He's busy chasing uh, Trump and his tax returns. Now, the new allegations that came to light Tuesday immediately intensified the pressure from many lawmakers, including Cuomo's fellow Democrats, for the governor to resign. Republicans in the legislature have been more forceful in the remarks. Senate Minority Leader Robert Ort on Tuesday characterized the latest allegation as a disturbing pattern of predatory pattern behavior by, boy, they don't know how to type, by Governor Cuomo, not to mention a pattern of lies and broken trust. Let's see. Now, this is very, very serious. If true, of course, it is very, very serious. It reminds me of something. It reminds me of the assault on Tara Reid, allegedly, by Joe Biden. Almost identical, no, Mr. Producer? Tara Reid, 56, worked as a staff assistant to Mr. Biden from 1992 to 93, when he was a senator from the, US, from the state of Delaware. Recent interview, she has said that in 1993, her former boss, Biden, forced her against the wall and put his hand under her shirt and skirt after she delivered him his gym bag. There was no exchange, really. He just had me up against the wall. I remember it happened all at once. His hands were on me and underneath my clothes. And he then penetrated her with his fingers. I hate to read this. I do. I remember him saying first, as he was doing it, do you want to go somewhere else? And then him saying to me when I pulled away, he said, come on, man, I heard you liked me. The phrase stayed with me. Ms. Reed filed a criminal complaint on April 9, 2020, with police saying she was a victim of sexual assault but did not name Biden. She said in a tweet that she filed the complaint for safety reasons only as the statute of limitations for her claim had expired and she'd begun to receive online threats. Now, what is the difference between the conduct of Joe Biden, alleged, and Andrew Cuomo, alleged? Oh, Mark, there are more examples. No, there aren't, actually. We had at least eight examples of women saying that that, uh, Joe Biden had put his hands on them inappropriately, that Joe Biden had put his face in their hair, that Joe Biden sort of pecked them or kissed them in ways that were utterly inappropriate, would a public official from the West go on TV and talk about this? Exactly this kind of behavior. Neither of these should be excused. Both of them should have been investigated. One is being investigated and should be. Cuomo, the nursing home killer. But what about Biden? What about the great Joe Biden? What Tara Reid has accused Joe Biden of, and she has been consistent all along, is exactly what this unnamed woman has accused Andrew Cuomo of. How will the media handle this? Very simply. They'll pretend Tara Reid doesn't exist. He won't have to do a press conference. He won't have to ask any questions about this. 
the spokes idiot will defend the spokes the uh, idiot and just pretend it never happened. And of course, the liberal Democrat women of the world, whether they be in Congress or in the media, whether they be in academia or Hollywood, they're hypocrites and they don't care. The Me Too movement really means the Me Too, except for liberal politicians who we like. I'll be right back. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Did you know Trump's actions on the border actually created this situation, made it worse, according to Roberta Jacobson, White House border coordinator? You know, it's like Fauci. He's in charge of infectious diseases and controlling them. Half a million people die on his watch, and he's a hero. This idiot woman, she's responsible for White House border coordination, and the best she can do is it's Trump's fault. This is an incompetent, radical anti-American administration populated by one crackpot left-wing kook after another. And that's the qualification to work in the Biden administration. That's the qualification. We don't have a lot of time left during this hour, but we will be back next hour with vim and vigor. Because there's a New York Post article here, ladies and gentlemen, where the Presidente, the El Presidente of Mexico, is now calling Biden the migrant president, and he's furious with what Biden has done. The Mexican government is concerned that President Biden's asylum policies are encouraging illegal drug cartels through human trafficking across the U.S. border. So the President of Mexico is more concerned about America and American safety than the President of the United States. Think about that for two seconds. He doesn't even talk about this subject. He walks through like, uh, like we're doing a laugh-in bit here, like somebody's walking through the stage in the background. Those of you old enough, you know what I mean. What did he say? Migrants are coming from Honduras, Nicaragua, other, st- other countries. The Mexican presidents say they see him as the migrant president. And so many feel they're going to reach the United States. Mexican president said, Andreas Manuel Lopez Oprodar. He said of Biden after their virtual meeting on March 1, according to Reuters, 
We need to work together to regulate the flow because this business can't be tackled from one day to the next, said the president of Mexico. The president of Mexico is more concerned about the American southern border and people from the drug cartel sneaking into America than Joe Biden. Tell me, Democrats, would you have voted for Joe Biden if you knew he was going to? Well, some of you are so stupid, you'd vote for, you know, an apple if it had the word Democrat in front of it. But still, well, you pretty much did. But still, let's pursue this after the break. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building we've once again made contact with our leader Mark Levin Hello America, Mark Levin here our number 877-381-3811 877-381-3811 China could invade Taiwan in the next six years top U.S. Admiral warns. But we're very busy in this country right now, destroying our economy, destroying our psyche, destroying our economic system, massively increasing our debt. What are we getting for this? Two trillion dollars, it'll all be, may I use the phrase that's appropriate, pissed away in a period of 12 to 24 months as if it's never been spent. You remember Obama and his one trillion dollar stimulus plan? Only thing it stimulated was bureaucrats. And the debt. Same thing's going to happen here, except that they have tried to enshrine these expansive measures in these entitlement so-called programs. But while China's on the march, and they're using their money to build up their military, we're very, very busy in this country. Fox News, New England ice cream brand quietly drops name after cancel culture takes aim. I'm going, what now for crying out loud? What's in a name? If the name is Jimmy's, it's hard to say. Mr. Bidder, before I go on, you ever hear the word Jimmy's? No, but these are chocolate sprinkles is what they are. Now, where I grew up in Philadelphia, that's what we called them. We didn't call them chocolate sprinkles. We called them jimmies. And I'm sitting here thinking, what in the world does this have to do with race? What in the world does this have to do with race? One ice cream producer in Massachusetts isn't taking any chances. Brigham's Ice Cream changed the name of its Just Jimmy's flavor to Just Sprinkles sometime last year. Jimmy's are what some New Englanders call the ice cream topping most Americans call sprinkles. Now, look, I'm no expert on sprinkles and jimmies, but, you know, part of my family is obsessed with sprinkles. They're obsessed. 
my wife has like two containers of sprinkles in our pantry right now. You can't have ice cream without sprinkles. And I said, no, 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 no. My mother-in-law and I say, no, we want our jimmies. Jimmies. Little did we know the unconscious racism was spewing out of our mouths. Jimmies are what some New Englanders call the ice cream topping most Americans call sprinkles. The history of the term jimmies isn't clear. Yes, it is. It didn't come out of the Jim Crow South. It's a name that was given to it by the inventor of chocolate sprinkles in the Northeast. Has nothing to do with Jim Crow. Several companies have claimed to invented it and the topping, but some people now say that it's a derogatory term related to Jim Crow, the racist caricature that came to stand for discriminatory laws and segregation put in place following the Civil War. What kind of news article that some people say? Who cares what some people say? Jimmy's has nothing to do with Jim Crow. It has to do with the inventor of the chocolate sprinkles. I guess everybody who's named Jim or James better change their name. Like LeBron James, he better change his name, Mr. Producer. Brigham's Ice Cream changed the name of its Just Jimmy's flavor to Just Sprinkles. Even the fact-checking website Snopes has ruled that Jim Crow connection unproven. It's not unproven, it's non-existent. So we're now banning things that have nothing to do with anything. And you know what? People must be going into the supermarkets and the grocery stores with a pad. Ooh, look at this. Flounder. Well, so what? That's an attack on fat people right there. Flounder. Stop calling it flounder. Oh. Bananas. Well, what's wrong with bananas? Well, it's derogatory for people with mental issues when you go in bananas. Change the name of bananas. What should I change it to? I don't know. Just change it. The insanity, the insanity of what's going on in this country in the name of equality and equity. So why change the name if it may or may not be racist? Well, Lynn Bohan, a spokesperson for Brigham's parent company, H.P. Hood, you buy anything from these people, you're nuts, told the Linfield Patch this week that while the oranges of the word Jimmy's is unclear, the origin, the origin, Brigham's made the decision to change the name to ensure the brand reflects our vows and meets our consumers' expectations. Your values? What are your values? Insanity? Ignorance? Stupidity? Just sprinkles remains the same flavor and recipe that Brigham's fans know and love, Bohan told the patch. Boy, is this stupid. I don't know how this country is going to survive with so many mental patients. I I, I honestly don't. The communist Chinese have their genocidal, goose-stepping war machine in place. It's a war machine. They're building up like the Third Reich. They really are. I believe the Xi is is sort of a... uh, a chip off the old Adolf Hitler shoulder with the death camps and the genocide and all the rest as he walks around deciding who stays, who lives, who dies, and so forth. 
preparing to invade Taiwan. Well, we all know if they're going to invade Taiwan, they better do it while Biden's president. I can hear the speech, too. Uh, They invaded, uh, you know, the thing. They invaded the thing. And I'm standing here with the secretary, uh, you know, my buddy over here, in front of the... uh, the def- the uh, the uh, in front of this building right here yeah yeah and uh, we're not going to put up with this no come on man come on what kind of a country elects a fool like this well how could even ten people vote for a fool like this I'll tell you how they're being rewarded right now with money raining down on them the teachers union they don't care what Biden but he's protected them. Money raining down. He's got the Democrats in his back pocket. They're never going to challenge him. Why? Money raining down. Money raining down on everything and everyone. But I want to get back to this. And I want to emphasize this. And I hope the backbenchers on TV and radio are listening. The president of Mexico is more concerned about what's happening on the American border and what's happening with drug cartels sneaking into our country than the President of the United States. The Mexican government is concerned that President Biden's asylum policies, writes the Post, are encouraging illegal immigration and providing revenue to drug cartels through human trafficking across the border. Oh, it's so humane and compassionate. We're not going to let people stay on the other side of the border, no. We're going to bring them to reception centers and let them come into the United States, and some of them we're going to let them spread the virus. Why? Because we're liberals, and we do, this is what we do. We're compassionate. We have open arms. Let's go on. Mexico has asked the Biden administration for help to provide development aid to Central America since many of the immigrants come from countries such as Honduras, Nicaragua, Guatemala, seeking asylum in the U.S. Says the president of Mexico. He's a socialist. He's a socialist, and Biden makes him look like a right-winger. He makes him look like a, look at this. They see him as the migrant president. And so many feel they're going to reach the United States. Mexico Presidente Andreas Manuel Lopez Abrador said to Biden after their virtual meeting. So somebody has leaked the transcript. Somebody's leaked the transcript of the discussion they had. Could it be that finally we have a patriotic colonel in there who's doing what he needs to do? Not the other clown. We need to work together to regulate the flow because this business can't be tackled from one day to the next. Lopez Abrador apparently told Biden. Some of Biden's policies that worry the Mexican government include a fast track to citizenship for migrants living in the U.S. and support for gang violence victims. Are we giving support? Never mind. Internal assessments reviewed by Reuters based on testimony and intelligence gathering state that Mexican gangs have been growing their clientele and keeping tabs on U.S. measures that would encourage migration. Additionally, they have developed a new tracking system to move migrants across the U.S.-Mexican border. Good job, Joe, you jerk. You You jerk. Thank God for Joe. We had the vaccines. Money's raining down on America. The humanity on the border's breaking out everywhere. What would we do without Joe Robinette Biden Jr.? One Mexican official requested anonymity, told Reuters that cartels 
have been using sophisticated smuggling methods from the day Biden took office. Those strategies include keeping migrants up to date on the latest immigration rules, using technology to thwart authorities, and disguising smuggling operations as travel agencies, according to the assessments. Reuters also reported that plastic wristbands, some labeled arrivals or entries in Spanish, were seen discarded near uh, parts of Texas after illegal immigrants crossed the border. Migrants have become a commodity, the official told the outlet. But if a packet of drugs is lost in the sea, it's gone. If migrants are lost, it's human beings we're talking about. This is what Joe Biden did, no matter how many of his spokes said it's Trump created this situation. No, you did, you schmo. You did. You did this. The inhumanity that's going on in the southern border. You don't read about it in the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost. You don't see it on the Constipated News Network or MSLSD. These aren't headlines on NBC, ABC, and CBS. No, because it destroys the narrative. Where's Jeremy Peters? Where's Philip Bump? Where's Andrea Mitchell? They're all in Washington or New York, commenting on the world around them. Where's Jim Acosta? Is he busy accosting somebody else? Where is Jim Acosta? Cat of his tongue? No, he's just a liar and a partisan. Just a liar and a partisan. Where's Telemundo? Where's Univision? Where's Jorge Ramos? They think this is great. Oh, this is unbelievable. Magnificent. We have to have a period of anarchy and chaos, you know, until we get millions and millions of people into the United States doing jobs Americans won't do, like spreading the coronavirus. And then, eventually, Another massive amnesty for millions. It's always 11 million. We could have 300 million illegal. It's 11 million. Oh, okay. Amnesty. Legalization. Then voting. That's what it comes to. Voting. How are they going to vote? Overwhelmingly Democrat. Oh, well, then it's all worth it, of course. I'll be right back. in. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S.
Take a listen to this. Roberta Jacobson, White House Border Coordinator, at a press event today. Cut 11, go. President Biden has made clear from day one that he wants to change our immigration system. Well, he did. Congratulations, you idiot. He absolutely did. And he changed our immigration system by destroying our immigration system and creating horrific human conditions on the southern border. He is the drug cartel's best friend in America. Oh, he is. That's our Joe Biden. Dumb as a rock. Go ahead. Doing so means truly building back better because we can't just undo four years of the previous administration. Where do they find this idiot? Where do they find this loathsome propagandist? Reading off a card because she's another moron. I see. So you had to destroy the system and build it back so it's much better. You're not fooling anybody. You don't even believe in the system. You're part of the no ice, no border patrol crowd. And the consequences are a disaster. Even the president of Mexico, he's saying it himself. He said, Joe, what the hell are you doing? What's with you idiots up there? The drug cartels are having a blast. The coyotes are all over the place. What are you doing, Joe? It's Trump's fault. I'm busy here, you know, distributing vaccines. Go ahead. Overnight. Those actions didn't just neglect our... Ah, shut up, you idiot. This administration's filled with stupid people just like this, but Peter Ducey to the rescue. This young man really is a serious journalist. Cut 12, go. Do you think it's a coincidence that as soon as Trump and his immigration policy were on the way out and Biden and his stated policy were on the way in, this historic surge at the border started? Well, first of all, one of the things I think is important is we've seen surges before. Oh, we've seen surges before. That's okay. Seen murder before. We've seen all kinds of horrific things before. So come on. Judge us in context. Come on, man. Go ahead. To respond to hope. And there was a significant hope for a more humane policy after four years. What was inhumane about the Trump policy? What was inhumane about it? You're locking up more kids in these cages than Trump ever, ever could have. And they're your cages to begin with. Telling people they have to wait in Mexico to determine if they are legally uh, seeking refugee status in America. What is inhumane about that? What is inhumane about anything that Trump did? Building a wall to keep people out who shouldn't be here. Why is that inhumane? There's nothing inhumane about any of the Trump policies. What's inhumane is what's going on now. The Democrat Party and their ideology is inhumane. It's anti-human being. How else can I say it? Go ahead. You know, pent-up demand. So I don't know whether I would call that a coincidence, but I certainly think that the idea that a Where did they find this stupid liberal from? Queens? Manhattan? Where? I'm serious. Where'd they find her from? I'm sure she has enormous amount of experience on the border, aren't you, Mr. Producer? Yeah, I think they uh, pent up demand. And, uh, go ahead. Policy would be in place may have driven people to make that decision, but perhaps more importantly, it definitely drove smugglers. You know, to- she sounds like rambling quack, like Fauci these days. She sounds like Fauci. The whole administration's been Fauciized. Go ahead. 
express disinformation to spread disinformation Wait a minute, did i hear something what, what was that can you move back about five seconds on the audio please you can't can you go back and check that out we may need to add that to the mumblers i'm not sure go ahead was now possible and we if, know that if, if the change in administrations brought hope then from your perspective is this search good I don't think that's what I just said. I think it's a reflection of how migrants feel at a particular... I don't think you know a damn thing, which makes you totally qualified to work in the Biden administration. Two things you need to be qualified in the Biden administration. Radical left-wing kook and stupid as a rock. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. All right, there's something going on in the United States Senate tomorrow, in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. And I want you to be aware of this. It's very, very important. And these are the things that get missed because we're busy chasing down left-wing stupidity. President Biden has nominated somebody by the name of Wendy Sherman. For some of you, this may ring a bell. He wants her to be the Deputy Secretary of State. And so she's being considered, as I speak, I believe there's a vote tomorrow morning in the United States Senate, a vote tomorrow in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Every single Republican, every single Republican must vote no. Enough of this stuff or we give the president what he wants. Now, give America what America needs. Every Republican must vote no to let her out of that committee, period. And every so-called moderate Democrat, so is this, this fraud, Joe Manchin, and this fraud, Kirsten Sinema. They also need to stop her nomination. This is simple. Either you love your country or you don't. She's a radical. She's a leftist. She will be a disaster for United States national security interests. And she'll be a disaster in the State Department as the number two. What's her record? She was the chief architect of the Iran deal. Wendy Sherman. She was the chief architect of the Iran deal, ladies and gentlemen. She said in an op-ed piece, which she wrote last summer, 
That's, and she viciously attacked the Trump administration on a host of issues. Cuba, Venezuela, which, by the way, in the hearing, she couldn't point out to what disagreement she had with those policies. But in the case of China, she says, well, we should be looking for ways to work with them on deals on things like climate change. China's the world's greatest polluter. It's also the world's greatest murderer, mass murderer. But we need to work with China, you see. Now, we're going to be watching this vote in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Some of these senators on that committee don't think we're watching. I'm watching. And a vote for Wendy Sherman is a vote for the Iran deal. A vote for Wendy Sherman is a vote for Castro in Cuba. A vote for Wendy Sherman is a vote for Maduro in Venezuela. A vote for Sherman is a vote for the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran. A vote for Wendy Sherman is a vote for the genocidal mass-murdering regime in Peking under Xi. Wendy Sherman must be a no vote. And now we will watch how the Republicans on this committee vote. Now we will watch how Manchin and Cinema vote. Manchin, West Virginia. Cinema, Arizona who pretend to be moderates. And yet time and time again, they buckle to San Francisco Eva Pelosi. They buckle to Manhattan's Chucky Schmucky Schumer. They buckle to Wilmington, Delaware's Amtrak Joe because they don't represent West Virginia, because they don't represent Arizona. They lie through their teeth. Because they have a media that will help them. So we will be watching very, very carefully to see which Republicans support such a radical anti-American in the second seat in the United States Department of State. The architect of the Iran deal. As Deputy Secretary of State. Is there no candidate the Republicans can't vote against? All 50 of them? Is there no candidate who's so awful that they won't stand up for the country? Well, we'll be watching this one very carefully tomorrow in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Wendy Sherman, who's a disgrace. If I didn't point that out, nobody else is going to, so there we are. Wendy Sherman, you should contact your members now and let them know, in my opinion. Let's see here. Let's see. Okay, we actually have this. Ed Lavendera, CNN national correspondent on the border today. Cut 17, go. The increasing surge of migrants on the southern border is reaching emergency levels for the Biden administration. U.S. authorities have arrested and encountered more than 100,000 migrants in the four weeks before March 3rd, the highest levels for that same time period in at least five years. And new data reviewed by CNN shows there are more than 3,400 unaccompanied children in the custody of Customs and Border Protection. Federal immigration officials are scrambling to make room. We're here in the town of Donna, Texas, on the Mexico border, and CBP has just opened up this massive tent facility. 
This temporary processing site for migrants was opened just over a month ago. A Homeland Security official told CNN the facility is significantly overcrowded, mostly with children. Republicans and some Democrats say the Biden administration isn't moving fast enough to keep the migration crisis. No, no, they're moving very fast. It's Trump's fault. Down in Mar-a-Lago, it's Trump's fault. They're moving very fast. I just want people around this country to understand, particularly in the Latinx community, the Latino community, that these leftists, these Democrats, the Joe Biden, are destroying these people as they are destroying the communities on the border, which is why border state Democrats, who are also Latino, are furious with what's taking place. You see, there is a racist stereotype among Democrats and liberals, people in the media and so forth, that if you're Latino and you live in these areas, you want illegal immigration, you want the border wide open, it's perfectly fine by you. Because these are white liberals who live on the coasts, not on the border. These are white liberals who are neo-Marxists. These are white liberals who don't believe in law and order. Except, of course, when they're condominiums or subsidized rent apartments are under attack, then they wonder where the police are. They treat Latinos like they treat everybody else, as an abstraction, as a means to an end. That's all. It's all about power for the Democrat Party. And it's an appalling disgrace. By the way, I remembered something else about this Wendy Sherman. I want you to think about this. In addition to Iran, Bill Clinton cut this deal with North Korea. They gave them the ability to have nuclear weapons. If they agreed not to create nukes with what we gave them, if they agreed not to create nukes with the information, technology, and material we gave them, and he gave it to them and they created nukes, You know who was responsible for that deal? That's right, the driving force was Wendy Sherman. So you can see the the high standards of Joe Biden and his administration. But this needs to be stopped. And any Republican that votes for her, then the question for that Republican is, why would you vote for somebody that hates your own country like this, who makes deals with North Korea and Iran and China? that undermines our own national security. Why would you do that? And so again, we will watch this and we will report back to you tomorrow to see who votes how. Same with West Virginia, your mansion. What a fraud that buffoon is. And Cinema. I only remember her name because I like uh, Cinnabon. You know what I mean, Mr. Bidu? So I remember Cinema. We've invited uh, Senator Cinema on the program. You know what she said, America? Nothing. She doesn't want to come on this program because we're heard throughout the state of Arizona. We haven't invited Manchin on this program. Should we go through the, through the routine, Mr. Reader? Let's invite the great Senator Manchin who has done so many profound things. Let's invite him on the program, too. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong 
and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. By the way, the Soviet-style House of Representatives, to the extent they're having any hearings, they're calling up witnesses, like witnesses for the oil companies, and they're berating them. You see, energy independence is our enemy. Cheap fuel is our enemy. The House of Representatives in America could be the House of Representatives in Venezuela or Cuba. They really function the same way. And the output's almost identical. It's to advance a neo-Marxist agenda. Or the bills come out in order to empower the party in power. And there's our media sitting on their asses, their substantial asses, doing absolutely nothing about it. Nothing. Nothing. Now let's, let's do a test here at the end of the program, Mr. Producer, Mr. Call Screener. Together, put your heads together. Is there one caller in specific who you both recommend I should speak to? And quickly, please. Isaac in Washington State, the great KFLD. Isaac, how are you, sir? I am doing great, Mark. It is awesome and nice to talk to you again. I am the Dr. Isaac. (laughs) Thank you, doctor. Hey, uh, I just wanted to make a quick comment. Uh, Who's going to want to work if they're going to be giving money away for free? You got it. You know, seriously. You got it. I guess the illegal aliens. And they're not going to get $15 an hour either, are they? No, they're not. They shut us down. I work construction. I'm a heavy equipment operator. I basically am alone by the whole time. And they shut us down for a whole month. For what reason? Who knows? Uh You know, there's uh, everybody is essential. Everybody needs to eat. Yeah. Everybody, most of everybody needs, you know, everybody needs to have, to just be, people have their own businesses who are losing their businesses for what? You know, I, I, I ever, since the last time I spoke to you, mm-hmm. I got COVID. My, oh, man. All my kids, my wife got COVID. My 69-year-old mom got COVID. Jeez. Thank God Almighty. I hope it's okay to say God. Yes, it is. She is doing. She is. She is great. She is fine. My seventy-year-old dad, who is diabetic, didn't catch a fly. That's you know? amazing. And, yeah. Uh, a couple. Uh, I want to say about a month or two after I I I, I was over it, over with COVID, mm-hmm. my mom caught it. She came. We were taking care of her here in in, in my house. Mm-hmm. We never caught it again. Nobody ever caught it again. And, you know, yeah, there's people who are getting sick. What happened to, you know, nobody's getting sick from the flu anymore? 
That's true, too. And you notice who was the first in line to get the shots, Biden and Harris. That's what I was was telling Mr. Coskin. You know, say what you want about Donald Trump, which if they do give uh, papers, let me tell you something. I will vote for him if he runs for him again. Uh (laughs) Because it it is just awful. You're a good man, Isaac, and I hope your family's doing better. You take care of yourself, my friend. Let's see here. Jim, 870 AM, the great KRLA, where we are live and national. Go ahead, Jim. How are you, my friend? Just a couple quick comments about the left. There's Mm -hmm. a saying that says hate corrodes the vessel that carries it. Wait, I have a saying, too, that I found at a fortune cookie once. Some of us are wise and some of us are otherwise. What do you think of that one? (laughs) <laughs> and so and that being said, it, you know, at some point in time, we're all faced to look in the mirror to see who we are at our core. Right. And when that time comes for these liberal reprobates, to use your term, uh-huh. they'll be faced with lives lives without virtue and that of a coward and a liar. And they should be pitied for that. So, yes, I, I, they need to be defeated and then pitied. Pitied, right. And then a comment about you. Mm. Um you know, this journey that we're all on called life, when that ends, and they have a banquet up in heaven hmm. for the most integrity-driven, respectful, morally-driven talk show host, radio show host, I have no doubt you'll be seated at the head table, my Well, friend. first of all, you're extremely kind, but let me tell you what's going to happen when my day comes. I'm going to be brutally attacked by the left. Then there'll be people trying to position themselves to get this job. And 30 days from that day, he won't be remembered. That's pretty much what will happen. Except maybe the books. That's just my guess. I don't know. We'll see. But eternity is an awful long time. And when we're up in paradise, I hope I'll have a chance to chat with you and hug you and have some Italian food and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite food, quite frankly. Thank you, my friend. You're very, very generous and kind-hearted. I appreciate it. As are all of you in the audience who I love and adore. Thank you. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. And God, please see us through this, this insanity, please. And I'll see you tomorrow. Take care. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.